you think you know what we're going to talk about. But unfortunately, I fell down a damn rabbit hole and I've not gotten out yet. <laughs> Knife bros. I literally googled Sebastian Stan hands. But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. Well, yeah, because like, usually in astrology, they would partner up air signs with fire signs. All right, you can, you can hoggle. Time travel stories. and At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. Well, we should make it a topic. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't take German in school. I barely took, I took Spanish and I don't remember any of it. Three Fates Decide podcast. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Three Fates Decide. I am your host, Liz, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, uh, Sam and Mary. Say hi. Hello. Hello. Okay, so coming up on February 1st is going to be a, another new year that we're going to be celebrating. Um, it is the Chinese New Year, or also known as the Lunar New Year. Um, to be more inclusive of the many other uh, countries and cultures that also celebrate this holiday as well, not just people who are of Chinese uh, descent. So um, I guess before we get started, I'm going to post uh, this uh, really quick disclaimer. Um, we did do some research, but this is not, but this is not like an all-encompassing episode where we talk about every single aspect of this holiday and also um i'm limiting my own knowledge of the holiday to my own personal experiences because as i'm sure some of you are undoubtedly aware there are over a billion chinese people in the world and that's just within the actual borders of china there's also millions of overseas people, and like I said earlier, there are people who are of not Chinese but are from other Asian countries that also celebrate this holiday. So there are variations um, of some very common, you know, uh, cultural aspects of the holiday that we all celebrate. But you know, there's like slight tweaks depending on the locality. So um, I will talk about what my family eats and does for the holiday but you know we'll throw in like a few other interesting uh variations like i said um okay so one important thing to mention is that this particular year will be the year of the tiger so if anybody is familiar with uh western astrology you know that there are signs that happen uh, across, um, over the course of a year where there's 12 signs representing each of the months. For this particular uh, astrological calendar we're talking about, we're, we're going to mention here, it's not per month, it's by year. So you have a year of the tiger this coming year, just like the previous year was the year of the ox and the year before that was the rat, etc. So there's 12 different animals representing 12 years. Um, and just to add a little complication, as it were, um, there's also elements. So you have the classic elements of earth, wind, fire, and water, and you also have a fifth element of metal. So now you actually technically will have a 60-year cycle. I guess uh, 
I'm just, I, I guess I'll start with um, what are you too um, familiar with in terms of this holiday, uh, Mary and Sam? I know for me, um, you know, obviously very minimal interaction. My biggest thing was I knew about like the different um, animals that each year represents. So like I, I knew that I was born the year of the rabbit. Um, and the element thing actually uh, really intrigued me. And I really want to know what element I am based on the new year. Um, so I'm actually looking that up right now because what I was on not uh, show me. So, ooh, I'm fire. Mm. Uh, <laughs> no wonder I'm so feisty. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I know that it's, you know, uh, a lot, you know, several days, a lot of celebrations and things like that. I know when I worked up in New York, I worked for, you know, a parking company and we had parking lots all over the place, including Flushing Queens. And, you know, they have this huge celebration uh, for the Chinese New Year with, you know, parades and and all that stuff. Um, so that's about the extent of mine. I just know it's several days. It's just a huge celebration, a lot of colors and, you know, uh, you know, very fun stuff. Um, I've always wanted to go to go see like some of the celebrations, but unfortunately while I was there, COVID kind of happened. And so it didn't really, it was starting, I should say. Um, yeah. so, you know, didn't really get a chance to, to go and, and admire, but yeah, that that's pretty much for me. That's the extent of what I know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think for me is I, I, I knew, it, I also knew it was several days long. Um, and it was a very big celebration for Asian people um, the world over, really. Right. Uh, I, I did know that the main color that that's used is, is usually red, or I should say colors, is usually red and gold, correct? Yep. And I know there's something called red envelopes. I'm not real sure what they are. I just know there's, I, I'd read something years ago about red envelopes. Yes, that is a thing. Um, and there's a lot of food and a lot of good food. <laughs> yes, there is. And that is why uh, my diet is going to be messed up pretty soon. Um, <laughs> and Sam, you you said that you were, um, I also knew about the uh, the Chinese zodiacs being um, the, the 12 animals for one for each year. And as it turns out, I was born in the year of the dog. Um, but this is a very strange coincidence in my family. There's four people in my immediate family. It's myself, my daughter, my mom, and my dad. Now, myself and my mother are both born in the year of the dog. And my daughter and my father were both born in the year of the rooster, which yeah, is very, very strange to me. Now, I'm kind of curious as to what elements, because I didn't know anything about the elements. To see what if we if we share the same elements like we do animals. Um. So for you, dog year would have been a water dog. Um. I think yeah, a water dog. Um. I Which think. Is 
because um, Aquariuses are known as the water bearer. <laughs> yeah, that is a funny coincidence. Um, and I think your mom might be a fire dog. Huh. I mean, based off of the year, I I think you told you, you mentioned earlier yeah. before we start recording. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, she is a fire dog. Yeah, and for rooster, your daughter would be a fire rooster, and I think your dad would have been a wood rooster. Oh, so close! I know, man. If he had come up with water, I I quit. That's just creepy. <laughs> that would have been so strange. <laughs> oh my god. Like I would just be stunned to silence for the rest of this episode because <laughs> like, the chances of that. I know, right? Well, it means every 60 years you you go through the cycle including the different elements, so you know, there would be a pretty good age gap there happening. If you happen to have the exact same combination. But, um, and, uh, since we're all mentioning our, uh, signs here, I happen to be born in the year of the pig, and I happen to be a water pig, along with some other celebrities that we are familiar with, <laughs> uh, who happen to be born in the same year as me. Um, okay, so, yeah, you, you guys mentioned, like, a few basics, which, um, I guess, like, that, that, that's one starting point I could go on, because, I mean... There's different directions we could go off here. So um, one thing that Sam brought up is the fact that, yes, it is actually a holiday where technically it's 15 days long. Um, whether or not your family will actually celebrate the entire 15 days kind of varies based off of different factors like just your family tradition uh, even including things like whether you're a Buddhist family or you're not. Um, there, there's also some regionality things again. But basically during the fifth, first 15 days of this particular new year is the time when uh, basically people visit you at your house or you go to, or you go to their house to visit them. It's basically a lot of visiting and, and um, feasting as well. And um, technically, there are different events happening each day. Um, I don't happen to be part of a Buddhist family, but I am aware that like one of the 15 days is actually called uh, Buddha's birthday. Okay. So, um, yeah, so so people who are Buddhist, they are very they will particularly celebrate that day. But for but like I said, for my family, we're not Buddhist, so um, it's just like another it's just like another day in the holiday where mm -hmm. in years past we would you know either be visiting somebody else or somebody would be visiting us. Um, and as Mary also mentioned, there are red envelopes, and red and gold are important colors. Um, so I, I guess, like, the red thing, the best way to explain it would be, um, it's kind of like how for the Irish, green is considered a very lucky color. Mm -hmm. So in, in Chinese culture in particular, red is considered the lucky color. It's meant to, there's like, there's like a whole mythical story about, like, why it's red, but basically... 
it's because supposedly red is a way to ward off evil spirits and misfortune which is why red is a huge thing in like pretty much every major event and holiday uh in chinese culture so it's not just in the new year but it's also at weddings like instead of wearing a white wedding gown the bride will wear a red gown usually um and the red envelope thing in general um basically that is where you receive money from uh people during the new year there are specific rules about this so uh basically it's um people who are married couples uh will be the ones giving out the envelopes and also normally the elder people giving it to younger people so if you happen to be uh younger than a bunch of people and you also happen to be not married you are more likely to be receiving the envelopes but you are not expected to give the envelopes to other people um which 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 gets really funny because in my generation this happens to be um a funny thing in my family in my generation of the family i happen to be the youngest uh cousin uh sibling as it were and also i am very much not married so every year i keep getting envelopes from people even even my cousin who is literally just two months older than me she is married and she and her husband they have to give me envelopes which is funny to me it's pretty obvious white gold is always a very good color <laughs> and very important color but yeah you know prosperity fortune yeah. etc um the food thing yes there's a lot of food i, I i'm reminded actually back um when we were doing the New Year's Eve episode that uh, Mary had mentioned long noodles being a thing for New Year's. And actually, it is a thing for both Chinese New Year and also for um, our birthdays where long noodles represent long lives, which is why it's very important to eat long noodles for both occasions. Another one is actually you will see lots of oranges um, and even like tangerines being sold um, dur like the, during the weeks leading up to the new year because um, you think about like what color oranges. They're like this orangey golden color. Well, if you give these oranges to other people as gifts, you know, during the visits, you're basically wishing people uh, good fortune um, in the new year. There, there's quite a few other items that are like this. Um, there are certain types of dumplings um, that mm. will be in the shape of um, ingot of gold ingots, um, which used to be the currency in you know ancient China. So again, eating these like these particular dumplings in this shape is again wishing somebody will have good fortune and good luck you know more money this coming year um and i guess like another one i'll mention like um is fish um uh basically fish this is an example of a word pun um 
So the way the word fish is pronounced in Chinese, you pronounce the word one way, it means fish. But then there's another word that's a similar pronunciation that also means to have plenty, to have surplus, which is, again, another wish that you will have a lot of stuff, you know, coming your way. You will never go without in the coming new year. There's other, there's other foods items that have, like, similar meanings to them. Like, it's, it's a, you know, like I said earlier, it's a food pun. It's a word pun kind of thing. Um, there's many other examples uh, that I, I'm not going to get into all of them because it, it's a, like a long list here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and like I said in the beginning, um, some of these things are also regional because, um, you know, there's different parts of China where you eat certain things that maybe another part of China doesn't eat. Um, like one little anecdote I'll share this was a quite a few years ago when I was in college, but, you know, I had this classmate in, in some of my classes where um, she was actually originally from Shanghai. And, um, you know, it happened to be spring semester. And obviously we're talking about, you know, the upcoming new year and stuff. So we so we wound up in this group conversation with some other classmates and we were talking about the new year. And I mentioned I you know, my family, we live in the southern part of China, like we live in Hong Kong and um, Guangzhou province, which is like right across the harbor from where Hong Kong is. So one of the things we eat is um, it's this type of turnip cake, I guess is like the best English name translation for it. It's basically like um, this pasty, this paste that's made up of <clears throat> this dough with chopped up pieces of like turnip in it. And we typically will take this paste and then we like pan fry it. And that's a common thing we eat for the new year. Meanwhile, this classmate of mine who's from Shanghai, she has no idea what I'm talking about. They don't eat that uh, where she's from. So, you know, so so there are certain common things that we have, like, that we'll eat, like, throughout, you know, most of China, I guess you could say. But then there's the, re like I said, the regional things where, like, one part will eat these things and then the other part will be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, like, uh, you guys have any other questions or any other interesting things maybe you guys looked up? Uh, in preparation for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I found some things about, uh, you know, aspects for the year of the tiger. So, like, uh, some of the lucky... So, like, obviously, like, each year has its own, you know, kind of similar to the, you know, our other, like, zodiacs and stuff like that. You have certain things that are um lucky unlucky certain other zodiacs that you're compatible with or not compatible with your horoscope all that stuff so i'm just going to go through a little bit about what's uh what's going on with the the tiger so the, some of the things that are lucky for the tiger are blue colors are blue and green which i love because blue is my favorite color but anyway lucky numbers are one three and seven Lucky flowers are plum blossom. Lucky direction is north, which that's interesting that there's a lucky direction. Um, unlucky things 
Uh, unlucky color is white, and unlucky numbers is four and nine. Um, some of their strengths, they're courageous and authoritative. They can be cute and charming. Um, they're adventurers. They're really hard workers. Um, they speak fortright and boldly. Oh, boy. They're very honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apparently they're very chivalrous so like they don't they're not like mean about it they're just very outspoken they have a strong sense of responsibility and will always keep their word and uphold their obligations so bravo tigers uh weakness is that they can be very rebellious and they're almost too self-confident and want to coordinate or communicate with others and Sometimes they get very lonely because they're just so out there. People kind of stay away from them. Um, <clears throat> they can be dictators based on their strengths. I, I don't deny that. Uh, they can be stubborn <laughs> and brash. Gee. <laughs> Boy. Uh, tiger men are talented and ambitious. Uh, unlikely to stay in work environment that does not allow them to develop freely for long. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. Uh, if they are in love with a woman, they will work earnestly to win her affection before settling down to a serious commitment with her. Once that happens, they will remain loyal to their partner. Extramarital affairs are almost impossible for these majestic and diligent men. <laughs> Majestic. Okay, so basically you're telling me that I need to find myself a tiger man. You need to find a tiger, yep. Okay. Uh, female tigers are intelligent and strong to the point of domineering. <laughs> <laughs> Some, they may appear entirely unfeminine. In the workplace, they can appear brash, but in reality, they possess positive traits that spell success at both work and at home. Um, it is believed that some tiger women are arrogant and temperamental, therefore, are unlikely to find satisfaction in home and family life. Um, which the statement is not unreasonable, but more because ancient cultures like China's tended to believe a woman's place was in the home. In modern day, that's no longer true, and anyone can handle their dominant first impression. Anyone who can handle their dominant first impression will find a dedicated and strong woman underneath their tough exterior. I was going to say, like, this seems a little, but obviously it goes based off of traditions a long, 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 long time ago. So, yes, yeah, we'll forgive. We will forgive no. them for their for uh, their longstanding tradition. Well, yes, I mean. Yeah, I I won't get into it, but there there are certain things that I know were uh, fairly common back in the old days that um, I certainly do not approve of. Uh, despite that, uh, it's part of my uh, cultural heritage. But it is what not it just is. yours. Unfortunately, it's you know everywhere. No, I know, but you know it, it in like the 
in in this context, it's like, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, you can't take a time machine and go back and change how how it was. But. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad um, it, it mentioned it went based off of culture back then and now it's more accepted and you know things like because that's how I was reading it. I was like, well this sounds terrible. These poor women, tiger women get no love. They do. You get love. If you're a ti- if you were born in the year of the tiger you you'll find love, I promise. Yeah, I mean, if anything, uh, the men better be on the out here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Um, I guess, like, I, I guess, I guess, um, you know, since since uh, we're talking about the tiger year, I mean, um, I guess. This is the part where, like, I'll talk about, like, uh, some of the non-foodie other things that will happen. So, um, a very common sight, uh, you will see at a lot of these celebrations, again, it kind of varies by, uh, local rules here, is the use of fireworks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, f- uh, for us in New York City, there are very, uh, you are required to get permits to light fireworks, but, you know, m- but, you know, even like 20, 20 odd years ago, you go to Chinatown or even Flushing, you will hear lots of fireworks going off like everywhere. And we're, and I'm not talking about, um, things like, uh, you know, the Macy's for the July parade type of fireworks, like those giant, you know, things, okay. but, um, some of the ones that get used, um, in Chinese New Year festivals would be more along the lines of firecrackers. Um, so they're like, you know, the smaller explosions. The bottle rockets. Um, s- sometimes you'll get those, but there really are like, you know, those smaller firecrackers that like go pow, 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 pow versus boom, you know, kind of things. <laughs> oh, Roman um, candles. Hmm? Roman candles are the ones that kind of go pow, 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 pow. Oh yeah, kind of true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not like super familiar familiar with like fireworks and firecrackers, so like I I don't know like all the different. But yeah, um, but yeah, but the ones like I I'm certainly more familiar with are like firecrackers. Like they're they just the you know they do make like small explosion sounds, but you know it's like pop 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 kind of noises. Um, which for somebody with my sensitive hearing was a nightmare. Um, especially as a kid. Uh, so, yeah, those will typically be used, um, during the New Year celebrations, and, um, actually they do get used in other festivals. Like, sometimes you'll get them at weddings, um, if, like, a new business is opening, you use the firecrackers as well. And the reason for that is because, again, there was a myth involved, so... There's a myth that says that there is a monster that appears every year. Um, and one of the ways to scare off the monster was to use these firecrackers uh, to frighten it away. And the monster represents misfortune and, you know, ill will and whatnot and, you know, bad luck and everything. So use the firecrackers to scare away the misfortune and bring the good luck to you. So again, 
this is a running theme here. Good luck, you know, fortune, prosperity, etc. Um, and, and, and another thing, um, you will also see people hanging up um, scrolls with all sorts of writing um, on them. Um, there's different messages that could be written, but again, it's all like hoping that, you know, the people who live, you know, in this house or the people that enter this business will have, you know, all sorts of good things coming their way. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think what else is another common thing. Um, this is more like a relatively modern thing, but like... Sam actually mentioned earlier she was aware that there are parades that happen. Um, yeah, parades will happen. Um, it is, like I, I'm, like I was saying, it's a relatively minor, uh, modern uh, thing that started happening in the last, like, hundred odd years. Um, because typically uh, the way the New Year is celebrated is that it's very family and friend-oriented. Like I mentioned earlier, you're, you know, people are visiting you and you're visiting other people. So, you know, so it's like more of like a, a family oriented, personal, like more internal type of holiday uh, to a certain degree versus like a huge, giant extravaganza that, you know, everybody uh, is doing together at the same time, like, you know, the way you would do like, you know, other holidays, like, you know. As another example, like, you know, 4th of July events, you know, with like the big parades and everything. But um, as more people left China to other countries, um, you know, for economic reasons, um, the concept of a parade, you know, started becoming like, you know, an interesting idea. And it's also important for, again, for the people that left you know, China as a way to like kind of gather together and celebrate your heritage with other people from your own country. The way, the best way to, you know, share and pass on, you know, all, all this cultural heritage is to get together and do a public event like a parade. I mean, that's how a lot of these parades in the U.S. at least got started. It's because you have People who live in, you know, small Chinatowns where you only have, you know, a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand people in this one neighborhood decide to get together and celebrate, you know, the same heritage that they all have and do that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I could mention. Um, I don't, I don't know, know if you've mentioned what day it starts for this year, but in case anyone wants to know, it's February 1st. I don't think we mentioned that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, this year happens to be um, February 1st this year. Um, yeah, actually, that is one thing to mention. Um, it does shift every year. You know, it's not like, you know, the uh, new year that everybody is familiar with where it starts on January 1st every year. Um, uh, one of the alternate names for this holiday I mentioned is the Lunar New Year because it is using a slightly different calendar. So instead of the Gregorian 365 calendar, it's which is like um, a solar-based calendar, as the name suggests, we are using. I mean, to a degree, it, it it does involve the sun as well, but you know, the moon is a very significant uh, determinant of you know what the dates are um, in the calendar. So 
That's why, like, not just not just with the new year, but also other Chinese holidays. If you were to look up those various holidays, you will notice that some of them are in some relation to the phases of the moon, whether full moon or what have you. Um, yeah, so that's why this year happens to be February 1st, but the next year, which will be the rabbit year, is going to be January 22nd. Um, the new year usually falls um, either late January or early to mid-February. It's more often in February, but you will occasionally get a Jan late January date. I guess like uh, the, la the last bit to uh, on my end that I could mention is um, how my family celebrates. Um, so what we typically do is we do have a, um, I guess you could call it like a New Year's Eve type of dinner. Um, what my family does is that my parents would host a dinner the actual eve before um, the actual, you know, the, the first day of the new year. And, um, you know, my relatives would go to our house and have a dinner together where we eat all the various dishes that, like I mentioned in the earlier part of the episode, like, you know, include, you know, all sorts of food that's supposed to be good luck and everything. Um, and then after the dinner's over, that's when we, you know, we have people passing out the envelopes uh, to all the younger folks <laughs> and all the kids. Let me tell you, it would, you know, during a pre-pandemic year, uh, it would not be shocking for me to end up getting almost like a hundred bucks worth of uh, money from all the different people I got uh, red envelopes from um, by the time that this two-week period of the New Year's over. Um, and also, one special thing we do is actually uh, we'll usually call my uncle who lives in Hong Kong um, and wish him and my aunt um, a happy new year as well. Because, you know, we, we only would, you know, we, we don't get to see him very often. So that, that's always special. And um, sometimes we'll also call my aunt who happens to be a nun, uh, a Catholic nun just to be more specific. Um, she, lives in a, she lives in a convent, um, it's, and it's a cloistered order, so she basically never leaves the convent except for a few circumstances. So sometimes we'll also call her as well. Happy New Year. Um, and then on the first day of the New Year, I, uh, we typically will visit one of my aunts who usually she doesn't come, she and her family don't come to the Eve dinner, but you know, instead of her coming to us, we go visit her the next day. And that kind of starts the whole thing of, like, visiting other people and then them visiting you kind of thing that I mentioned. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, we, we don't do, like, the, you know, the extra special events on the other, um, uh, on, uh, on the other days of the two weeks. Um, you know, we just visit each other, give each other uh the oranges um sometimes will include sweets uh like whether it's cookies or candy um and yeah that that that's pretty much it um i i think i've covered everything i have to cover um on my end um 
Anything else you guys want to add in? I'm like obsessed with the Zodiacs, so. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty interesting. Yeah, so like I'm looking at mine, you know, like as I mentioned, I'm the year of the rabbit. Most compatible with the dog, the pig, and the goat. And I'm least compatible with the rooster, the dragon, and the rat. Hmm. I guess the other ones don't matter. I mean, I guess. It, I mean, I guess it just means that, like, uh, you're like okay with them, but you know, you're not bad or good. Just happy with one of my compatibles, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> Gee, I mean, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my own knowledge of like the zodiac is pretty limited, so I can't really uh, get into it. Other than like, I know the animals um and and the basic cycle but i can't i mean i can i can give you guys your fourth your uh your horoscopes if you want based off of the lovely website that i have sure wants to go first um you can do mary yeah go ahead and do me you're the dog i'm a dog dog. i'm a dog so all right. In the year of 2022, dogs will turn their luck around from the previous year's hardships and begin to get rid of the obstacles that have been standing in their way. Ooh. I'm, I'm loving this right now. This is a special <laughs> year for dog natives. With gifts of fortune from Taisu and many opportunities across each area of their lives. Career development will be more inspired than previous years with the marked increase in efficiency, which add up to dogs being excellently placed for promotions and raises at work. Love will be less stellar, although dogs may find themselves having too much fun to pursue a committed relationship in 2022. It's all right to enjoy the single lifestyle for a while, especially after the 2020 and 2021 the whole world had experienced due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I agree with that statement. Yes. I I think I agree with that too, for especially a certain someone. But Mary, hey, your career is going to get better. Yay! Yeah. (laughs) Go to the peak. Okay. Here we go. Pigs will be blessed in 2022, but unfortunately, other aspects may cause a bit of trouble despite this. As such, pigs can look forward to an abundance of good luck this year, which may be punctuated by periods of instability and changeable fortune. The way to deal with this is to prepare for everything and never be in a hurry. Pressure like that never sits well with pigs. Take an optimistic approach as you usually do toward life, plenty of backup options for the things that are important to you and everything will likely work out in your favor hmm i see in mm. terms of love and relationships many may find themselves trapped in unsatisfying romantic situations so don't do that Ugh. <laughs> I, I well at least like this okay, to be fair to be fair i'm currently not seeing anybody so I am spirit about that. <laughs> All right. And then mine. Rabbits will have mixed fortune in 2022. Oh, boy. 
Although their luck will fluctuate a great deal, in particular, rabbits are likely to enjoy a flourishing year in their career and wealth, professional opportunities and breakthroughs, and rapid increases to their savings and investments. Their love life is going to suffer external interference all year long. Emotional entanglements will likely, in unlikely quarters, may even lead to a breakup or divorce. In addition, they may also be prone to accidents and disasters. Caution will be a must for rabbits as they go through 2022. I'm just going to go pop myself into a bubble. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, seriously. Like, like, why did I have the worst one? Jesus. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. It's not even just like accidents. Disasters. That's the word that scares me here. <laughs> oh, dear. I might, you know, go through a divorce, even though I'm not married. But no love yeah. for me. All right. So really, the three of us are loveless this year. So, hey, we'll be loveless together. Well, I mean, I've I've pretty much been loveless since uh, 2017. So, good. And it's been a while for me, too. Oh, my dear. Yep, yep. I guess, like, uh, the one last thing um, I'll mention that I didn't mention earlier before was out, because... Like I said in the beginning of the episode, there are many different directions we could go into discussing this holiday and all the cultural aspects and everything. But we're not here to make this into a two-hour episode. And, you know, so um, one last interesting thing I will mention is that, okay, pre-pandemic, of course, um, but uh, actually the days leading up to the new year actually is considered one of the largest... Uh, human migration events every year because you have millions and millions of Chinese people traveling throughout uh, the country and even uh, people from overseas flying back to China to go celebrate the holiday with their family because, as I've said a few times already, this is very much a holiday about your family so tradition says that you must go back home to your, you know, your, to your ancestral village or whatever, um, and you get together with all your relatives to celebrate the holiday together. So it's, you know, it's pretty similar to like how people will go back home, you know, for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, what have you, you know, depending on what your family's customs happen to be. But this is a, so this is a thing where you are literally millions and millions people taking trains and planes and clogging up the highways trying to go back home and do the holiday with your family and it's also oftentimes for that reason the one of the few times of the year where as many people as possible will gather together and meet each other because um you know in modern society you know especially for younger people you know you go out in the world and you get a job and, you know, if it means you have to leave, you know, wherever, whatever city you originally came from to go, you know, make money and, you know, earn your own little fortunes, you know, you, you, you leave. And, you know, because of the nature of your job and your new lifestyle, you may rarely go back home. So New Year's becomes a very significant thing where it is the one time of the year where you are more or less required by tradition and culture to go back home and see your family um 
I always thought it was an interesting fact, like, you know, that it, you know, how chaotic it gets in, like, you know, those, like, the week or so before the new year starts, like, how ridiculously busy it, the travel is. I mean, I've heard, you know, airplane tickets uh, heading to Hong Kong and China skyrocket a lot because you have a huge demand of all these overseas Chinese people going back. So. Um, that that was also why, uh, by funny coincidence, um, Shang-Chi, which happens to be an episode we will be doing very soon. Um, originally, again, before the pandemic, Shang-Chi uh, was originally planned to be released in China during the New Year holiday back in 2020. But, but you know, we obviously know that didn't happen. And in hindsight, I am very happy that that did not happen because that would have been a huge disaster for Disney if they did that. A huge disaster because, again, this is meant to be a holiday where you are visiting people, in particularly your family. So unlike July 4th and Christmas and what have you, very few people are interested in watching movies. <laughs> During this two-week period. Um, and even the people who actually even bother going to the movies to watch movies, they are more likely to be watching uh, domestically made Chinese movies versus a foreign uh, Hollywood movie. So it was just as well that uh, it, it wasn't able to open back, uh, at the time. But then again, uh, for anybody who who's aware of this fact, um, China didn't allow Shang-Chi to be screened in China anyway. So it, it's a, it, it's ultimately a moot point, but yeah. Okay, so before we close out, as usual, uh, we have an email address where you can send us questions, comments, uh, criticisms on how to improve our show. Um, you can email us at threefatesdecide at gmail.com. It's the title of our podcast, all in one word, and the three is spelt out. And you can also reach us on Instagram at threefatesdecide. The three is spelled out. And feel free to send us DMs. Let us know what you think. We love feedback. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time. And see what we're going to talk about. Because the three fates decide.